Now we are in a series on trusting the Lord. It's taken from Jeremiah 17 verse 7, which is our theme verse. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And from there, we are, we, I've started a series on trusting God. And uh, we have talked about trusting God. It all depends on who you depend on. Trusting God's guidance, what to do when you are not certain what to do. Trusting God and doing something. Trust God and don't worry. And last week, I shared about trusting God even when you don't understand. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been encouraged and challenged to trust God. This morning, I'd like to share on another theme on trusting God. And that is trusting God no matter what. Turn to your neighbor and say, trust God no matter what. Amen. Trusting God no matter what. Shall we stand together for the reading of God's word? <coughs> Habakkuk chapter 3. The text is taken from the entire passage or, or chapter, but we will just select verse 1 and verse 2, the first part, and the ending part, verse 16 to 19. Let's read together. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigionoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, Remember mercy. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive field and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will make, take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. May the Lord add blessings to His word. Thank you. Please be seated. Trust in God no matter what. Habakkuk came to God with complaints. He could not understand how God works in a nation of Judah. Judah has seen there was violence, there was corruption, and God seems to do nothing. Habakkuk cried out to God, How long, O Jehovah, must I cry for help and you do not hear? Many times we feel like that. God doesn't seem to move. Where are you, O oh God? We cry to God for help and our prayers seem to be of no effect. The two questions that Habakkuk asks is, Why? Why, Lord, must all these things happen? Why, Lord, must bad things happen? And the second question we often ask is, When? How long, O oh Lord? When are you going to move? When are you going to answer my prayer? Judah have sinned and God sinned to do nothing. God says, I am. And later he would send the Babylonians, wicked, cruel, vicious Chaldeans or Babylonians. And that puzzle 
Habakkuk, how can you use a wicked nation to punish your people? The mystery deepened. No answers. But finally, when you come to chapter 3 of Habakkuk, there was a breakthrough. There was a total transformation. And as John Wellwood says, Habakkuk's book begins with an interrogation of God, but ends as an intercession to God. Worry is transformed into worship. Fear turns to faith. Terror becomes trust. Hang-ups are resolved with hope. Anguish melts into adoration. Hallelujah. Questions were turned into answers. Doubts were turned into faith. And that's what happened. Look at the concluding verses of the book of Habakkuk again. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive field and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. What a fabulous expression of faith. But for many of us, this verse doesn't mean much. We are not farmers. We are not agriculturists. How many of you got goats or cattle or sheep in the backside of your house or land? None of us. We are not farmers. What does these verses mean? Now, for the people in Habakkuk's time, it is everything. It is an agrarian society, and they depend upon their livestock, and they depend upon the harvest. If these two things fail, their life is wiped out. Now, in our modern version, we don't, at least most of us, we, don't, we, don't, uh, 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 we are not directly involved in agriculture and livestock. We are still dependent on these for food, for harvest, but we are not directly involved. There are other farmers who do it for us. And farmers know how important it is. But let's bring it into today's context. What does it mean? Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine. The fig tree and the grapes represent the hope of the farmer. These are delicacies. These are things that produce nourishment to the people. And Habakkuk says, the food free tree does not bud. There's no blossoming. There's no budding of the fig tree. You know, when, the, when that fig tree begins to bud, even though it is just a small bud, even though it's just a small, maybe a flower that comes out. But that is good enough for the farmer. Oh, yeah, we are going to have a harvest. But now there's no blossoming. There's no sign of any hope for the future at all. And perhaps we have dreams of the future. But there are no budding. There's no blossoming. If you are not going anywhere, there's no visible sign at all that they will ever come to fruition. And we are desperate. 
we are frustrated. There's no sign that our dream and all our hard work is going to bear any fruits at all. When that happens, what do you do? Ask Habakkuk and he will say, trust God no matter what. Even though there's no indication of the harvest, of the great things that are going to happen, trust God no matter what. The second thing that Habakkuk says, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, these are things that are in the present. Olive oil is very important in the, in, in the society for, of Israel. Olive oil for cooking and for a lot of other things. Olive oil is good. This is not just chap kapak or some other kind of oil, but this is good quality oil and it can be used for so many things. And it represents the simple means that they have. And when Habakkuk says the olive crop fields, the field produces no fruit. The word field in Hebrew means to deceive, to disappoint. The farmers have put in a lot of work cultivating that olive orchard or, or farm. All the year through, they've cultivated it. And then when it comes to a harvest time, maybe because of bad weather or something else, the crop fails. All that work, all that effort, it comes to zero. Nothing. Ilek. Kosong. Bopohang. All that work that you put in, maybe you are hoping that you can retire sufficiently well off by the time you reach 60. But then when you reach 60, maybe something happened and all the work, gone. The crop fields, the, the fields produce no food. What do you do when all that you are counting on in the present suddenly comes crumbling down? Ask Habakkuk. And he will say, trust God. No matter what, trust God. The third thing he says is, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. These things, these are things that refer to the past they have, that they have built out. They are a symbol of their reserves. Now in Israel, livestock is very important. The richest of the people are counted by the number of sheep and oxen and cattle that they have. Look at Jacob. Look at Job. He has 7,000, 10,000, uh, 5,000 of those kind of uh, livestock. That's the wealth that he had, measured by their livestock. Now, how do you measure wealth today? By the number of properties you own, by the bank accounts that you have, by your investments, by your stocks and bonds, whatever it is. They are a symbol of their reserves. And when there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, that means you are bankrupt. You are gone. Everything, all your reserves, your bank account is zero. You know, your, 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 your stalls and investments have filled and, and you're left with nothing. 
What do you do when your reserves are all used up and you have nothing to fall back on? Our Habakkuk and he will say the same thing. Trust God no matter what. Now perhaps the fig trees and the olives talking about the future. The fig tree and the grapes talking about the future. The olives and the fields talking about the present. And the sheep and the, sheep and the cattle talking of your reserves built up from the past. Maybe all of these things does not affect you. Maybe you have plenty today. You are well stocked for life. The harvest is good. Every month you reap. You collect rentals from your properties. Every month I, you look at your bank account. It's pretty good. And maybe none of these things affect you at all. And you say, well, I don't think this message is for me. I'm pretty well taken care of. Praise God for that. But we never know in life what will happen. Something can just happen and bang, it hit you. And before you can realize what hit you, everything is gone. So let us never assume for once that everything is well guarded and safe in our life. It is better to, re to, 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 to learn, to, to rely, to trust on God for the small things so that whatever happens in life, we will be prepared. Can somebody say amen? And so, Habakkuk would tell us, no matter what happens, trust God. Good times, bad times, rough times, Trust God. And this is a choice that we can make. Verse 17 to 18, he says, Though, 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 there are three those there. Categorically answered and handled by the Phrase, yet I will. Though something bad happened, yet I will. In other words, trust is a choice. I will. I will trust. It is your choice to trust or not to trust. It is your choice to trust or to rebel against God. When things happen and you do not understand it. So today, I pray that you will choose to trust. There are four essential steps to trusting God no matter what. How do we trust God no matter what? Four essential steps. The first step is no matter what, pray. Everybody say pray. No matter what, pray. Started off the third chapter of Habakkuk started off as a title of the song. A prayer of Habakkuk. Actually, it is a prayer sung by Habakkuk. Oh, those of you who love singing, you can pray even 
in those, in, through singing, all right? And it was actually set in a song. The whole prayer is set in a song. In some version, you read the, the, the additional remarks there at the end of verse 19. It says, to the choir master. It's a song to be sung, but it's a prayer. No matter what, pray. Look at the prayer of Habakkuk. He recognizes the person of God and he recognizes the power of God. Chapter 1 and 2, he kept asking the question, why, 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 when, when, when? But when it comes to chapter 3, all that is resolved and what is important is not the why's question in our life. We, adults, and even children, much more, children, and also adults, we always ask the question, why? We are consumed with the question, why in life? But a better question, or a better recognition is the who. It is God Himself who is at work. So Habakkuk addressed the person of God, Lord, I have heard your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Parab. His glory covered the heavens. His praise fills the earth. Oh, he knows the why. Uh, he knows the who. God doesn't answer all the whys of our life. But He will reveal to us who He really is. And then there is the power of God to do great things once again in our time. Make those things happen again in our days. There was a prayer for the manifestation of God and the glory of God that all nations will stand up and take note that it is God. A prayer for God to move in power, in glory once again. So He kept praying. He prayed and he prayed. No matter what, he prayed. We have to pray. Don't give up praying. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, man ought always to pray and not to faint. So keep praying no matter what. Why do we pray? It's not because God is hard of hearing. Why do we keep on praying? It's not because God doesn't like to answer our prayer. Why do we keep on praying no matter what? Because prayer shows our dependence on God. Why do we keep on praying no matter what? Because God delights to hear our hearts cry. Why do we keep praying no matter what? Because God wants to see whether we really mean what we pray for. Oh, let us never underestimate the power of prayer. It is prayer that opens up the sea. It is prayer that keeps back the rolling waters. It is prayer that stops the moon in its track and the sun in its orbit. It is, a, it is through prayer that the mouths of lions were shot and flaming arrows were stopped. It is through prayer that iron doors bolted were flung wide open. It is through prayer. So therefore, church, we must push. Everybody say push. What is push? 
pray, pray, pray until something happens. And then watch God work. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there's no grapes for the harvest, and the olive field, the field. Is barren. No, no cattle. No sheep. Though nothing seems to happen in your life, don't keep up. Don't give up praying. Though you have been sick, and somebody prayed for you, you were not healed. Don't give up praying. Push. Pray until God works in your life. And today may be the day that God is going to touch and heal you. Though you have tried so many things and it doesn't work, don't give up on God because He never gives up on us. Amen? Though you have prayed for the salvation of the loved ones and they are still not saved, don't give up praying. Push! Pray until something happens. So no matter what, pray. Secondly, no matter what, wait. Everybody say wait. No matter what, we have to learn to wait before the Lord. Habakkuk says in verse 16, I will wait patiently. Or I will quietly wait. What was he waiting for? Is he waiting for God's deliverance? Yeah. But look at verse 16. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My lips tremble beneath me. In other words, he was afraid. He was filled with fear at that time. Because God has already answered him. He did not like the answer that God gave. God says, I will send the Babylonians, they are going to invade the land. Habakkuk says, but why, Lord, are you going to do that? How can you do that, Lord? And God says, and after that, I will punish. I will judge the Babylonians. And so, Habakkuk prayed and says, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble. Do you wait for the day of trouble? Anybody are waiting eagerly for the day of trouble? Hey, we normally don't wait for the day of trouble. We wait for the day of deliverance. We wait for the good days, not the bad days. And yet he was prepared. The day of trouble that will come upon Judah and also to come upon people who invade us. The Babylonians. He doesn't like the answer of God. But Habakkuk have learned to accept the plan and purposes of God even though he did not like it. And some of the answers that God gives us, we may not like it at all. 
God always answer prayer. Amen? God always answer prayer. But the problem is, He answers prayer in three ways. He says yes, He said no, and He says wait. Yes and no sometimes are easier to accept. But when God says wait, oh God, why? Why must I wait again? And waiting is the most stressful part of prayer. Wait. But we have to learn to be silent before God and wait. The waiting here is not waiting and, wait and, 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 and worrying. Waiting and be so troubled, you know, during that time. Waiting and cannot do anything else. Lose your sleep, lose your appetite and wait and wait and wait. So kanchiong like that. So anxious. No, no, no. The waiting here is not that. To wait patiently comes from the Hebrew word to rest. I will quietly wait. I will restfully wait. It's a very restful wait. So rest and wait patiently for God. So it means to rest or to settle down and remain. It is resting in God. Resting in the timing of God. We do not understand everything, but God has a timing. And we are not anxious during that time because we know that God is in control. What is happening in our land? Oh, you know, we pray and we pray and we pray and, <coughs> and not, nothing seems to happen. And we, and we fall into the situation of Habakkuk. But God has a timing in our land even. And even as we pray, even as we believe God, even as push, even as we push in prayer, we have to learn that God has a timing in everything that He does. And you can rest in God. Wait patiently for God. Everybody say, Lord, I will wait. Lord, I will wait. Teach me to wait. So pray, no matter what. Wait. Rest in the Lord, no matter what. And thirdly, no matter what, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. This is a third essential step in trusting God, no matter what. is to learn to rejoice. Yet, I will rejoice. Here are the three, those and the four and the three, I will. Yet I will. Circumstances may, may dictate your life to turn in a certain way, but you will not be dictated, you will not, your life will not be controlled by circumstances, even though these kind of things happen, yet I choose to respond in a different way. I will not be sucked in by the circumstances. Ten percent of your life is determined by the circumstances. Only ten percent. But ninety percent of your life is determined by your response to those circumstances. How it will turn out. It's not determined by the circumstances, but by the response. 
So no matter what, I choose to rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. The word rejoice or joy in the God of my salvation actually talks about jumping, jumping up high. There's a spring in your step. You are jumping and shouting and celebrating. There's an understanding of rejoice in the Lord. It's not just those dancers that can, dance, that can fly up like that. You can fly up as well. When there is joy in your heart. And the key is I will. Again, it's your choice. Do you know that joy is your choice? It's a choice in life. When something happens, you can be sucked down. You can be gloomy. You can be dejected and perhaps even enter into depression. But you can choose the other way. I will rejoice. Joy is a choice. No matter what happens, you choose joy. You choose to rejoice. What kind of face you wear every day whether papaya face or watermelon face, you decide. On that day, you decide what kind of face you want to have. This is not denying reality. The realities are there. The problems are still there. But I will not be pulled down. The key is I will rejoice. And he says, I will rejoice in what? In my circumstance, no. I will rejoice in the Lord. It's not the circumstance. The circumstance will change like the weather. But I will rejoice in the Lord. When I'm sick, I don't rejoice over my sickness. I rejoice in the Lord. When business is bad, I don't rejoice over the, over the economic, uh, gloomy economic situation. I rejoice in the Lord. And that's the key, is in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. That's what Paul says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. In case you miss it, I will say it again. Rejoice. Besides love, peace, grace, my favorite word in the Bible is rejoice. That's the word that I use for my icon in some of my, uh, what do you call that? What's that? Uh, uh, some, 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 some of my computer stuff. And that's the password I use also. Now you know my password. But come on, I'm not so dumb as just to put the word rejoice and you can get in. Alright, there's something else there also. <laughs> rejoice! Hallelujah! Hey, Christians are rejoicing people. Amen? Christians are full of joy. How can you win the world if something bad happens to you and you go to the office, you know, for one month you are sour-faced? What kind of Christian is that? You don't even know. You don't even have the victory. 
But if in, in the midst of all the challenges and, and, and problems that you face, you can still rejoice. The non-Christians will say, wow, you are fantastic. Huh? What's the secret? Huh? And you can share with them about the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about happiness. It's about the joy of the Lord. It's about rejoicing in the Lord. So the third step is to learn to rejoice no matter what. You can be a rejoicing Christian. And the fourth step is no matter what, rely. Everybody say rely. Rely on the Lord. The Habakkuk says, God, the Lord is my strength. Wow, there's a double whammer there. There's a double emphasis. God, the Lord, is my strength. Now, Habakkuk is not praying for, God, give me strength. Lord, I don't have strength to go through this. Give me your strength. Empower me, oh Lord. No. Where is his strength? He says, the Lord is my strength. When you have that relationship with God, God himself becomes your strength. It all depends upon that relationship with God. When you are close with God, when you know God for who He is, He becomes your strength. And that's powerful. C.S. Lewis said, relying on God has to begin all over again, every day, as if nothing had yet been done. You cannot rely on yesterday's reliance on God. This morning when you wake up and you have to say, God, let's do it again. I rely upon you. I depend upon you. It's a constant daily thing. It reminds me of the movie, I can't remember the title also, of a man who cannot remember what happened yesterday. So every day he wakes up, he cannot remember what happened yesterday. He asks you, what's your name? Same question all over. Some of you don't remember them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what, what the title is. And now for some of us, you know, ah, yo, it's very boring and very irritating. You know, every day I have to tell you the same thing over again. But in a sense, it's like that when we rely on God every day. God is a fresh experience with you. I'm relying on you for your wisdom, for your strength, even today, constantly. Relying on God for all areas of your life. God is our strength, yes, but He wants us to rely on Him in that. Spiritual, finance, relational, physical, every area. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. In some version, he says he makes my feet like the hinds feet. Hinds feet. What is a hinds feet? Hinds feet is actually an old English term for the doe or for the deer. And why is the deer chosen? Because they are swift and they are sure-footed. Very sturdy, even on the mountains, mountainous area. 
And when you rely on God as your strength, that is what is going to happen. High speed on high places. God enables Habakkuk to be sure, to be strong. He finds strength in God to scale the heights even when you are down. You can find that strength in God and that's the place that God wants you to tread upon. High places. Too many of us live in the low places of life. Of lack of abundance, of doubt, of despair, of depression. But today, God wants to lift you up. He wants to set your feet like high street to walk upon your high places. Come on, church. God wants to lift you up to your high places in life. But too many times we allow the circumstances to pull us down. But today, if you have that no matter what kind of a faith, He will take you up. He will set you on high in your family, in your career, in your job, and even in this land, in politics, in economies, in the, in the, in the seven mountains of life. God will bless you and set you up in your high places. Somebody say, Amen. High speed on high places. Google that and you'll find quite a number of books have been written with this title. It's powerful. Very, very powerful. I say Google it, not now. Huh? <laughs> not now, after the service. Check the apps, but not now, after the service. You can go to New Heights in God. Hallelujah. No matter what. And so brothers and sisters, question is, are you a no matter what Christian? Are you a no matter what NMW Christian? Are you a NMW Christian? Habakkuk was a NMW Christian. No matter what, yet will I rejoice. Job was a NMW Christian. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. I will hope in him. Daniel was living in an NMW mode. No matter what mode. You read through his life. No matter what, he trusted God. And if it was much, nobody's supposed to pray. No matter what. Then he prayed, open the windows. No matter what. He would not deny his God. He would rather be thrown into the lion's den. No matter what. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow down to the image of the king. No matter what. It says, oh king, our God will deliver, but if not, we will still not bow down. They are willing to pay with their lives, no matter what. They obeyed God. They were thrown into the, into the fiery furnace, but God delivers them, no matter what. Obey God, pray God, pray to God, praise God, and trust God. Always trust God, no matter what. 
when you have that kind of a no matter what faith, you will be unshakable. You will thrive no matter what hits you. And all is because of that trust in the Lord. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. So brothers and sisters, today, you can say, I can trust God no matter what. Rain or shine, I can trust God. Everybody say, I can trust God. No matter what. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a praise. No matter what. Trust in God. No matter what, pray. No matter what, wait. No matter what, rejoice. No matter what, rely. And God will set you up in the high places of your life. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Whatever happens in your life, my brother, my sister, trust God. Hallelujah. Look to Him and to Him alone. He will carry you through. He will... Oh, hallelujah. He will answer, yes, no matter what. What are you facing in your life? Does your future look bleak? Is your business failing? Is your bank account dwindling? Is your relationship in a mess? There are a lot of things that you need to do, yes. But above all, all else, it starts with a no matter what trust in the Lord. Today we are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to push. We are going to pray until something happens. If you have been sick, come to the Lord. Come to the altar. No matter what you are praying. And we are going to believe God for His healing. If you are troubled, if the economy of the land is affecting you and your business, whatever it is, no matter what, you are going to trust the Lord. If that is you, we'd like to invite you to come to the altar. Something is going to happen today. Because there is no matter what faith that is here in the house of the Lord today. God is going to do something. Shall we stand together? Even as we worship the Lord, make your way to the front here and say, Lord, no matter what, I'm trusting you in this and for this. Come now.